You're listening to Creatively Human with honest conversations about what matters to us and how it really feels to build an online business, put our work out into the world, make an impact in our own unique way, and importantly, to get well paid for it. I'm your host, Ruth Poundwhite, business mentor to quietly ambitious humans. Today's conversation with Ellie Trier is all about how the online business world is changing, which is such an interesting topic. We're talking about how people are feeling about being marketed to and the world of influencers and all of that. We're talking about bringing a more human and personal touch into our businesses and what that can do for our bottom line, as well as the people we work with. We're talking about the importance of community and how to cultivate that real sense of community in our businesses. And of course, we're also going to talk about how quiet, passionate, introverted entrepreneurs have a massive opportunity in this climate business-wise, not only to thrive in their own businesses, but also to bring about a real change in the world. Ellie actually calls us the quiet revolutionaries, and I just love that. I love it so much. I'm so passionate about the stuff that we're talking about today, and I know you're going to love it. Before we dive in, though, let me tell you a bit more about Ellie. She lives in the wonderful city of Copenhagen, Denmark, and is a community builder for quiet revolutionaries. She helps introverts with big dreams to get connected and build thriving, engaged communities around their businesses so that they can make a massive impact, find their dream clients and make their corner of the world a better place. A long-time business owner, Ellie knows firsthand the power of human connection to build a business and her unique approach got her featured in the Financial Times Guide to Business Networking. She specialises in creating powerful, strategic online community projects and loves every minute of her work, even the boring bits. When she's not working, you can find her curled up with a book, painting or hanging out with her husband Lars. You can find her at elitriacommunities.com or on Instagram at elitriacommunities. I know you're going to love this one. Enjoy. Okay, so let's start by talking a bit about how the online landscape has changed in the last decade, because I know you've been in business for a while and so have I. So I thought that would be an interesting starting off point for our conversation. I love that question. I think it's such the the world of online business is so much in its infancy. I think we forget that it's only really been around for like 10, 15 years at the outside. So what that means is that we have this huge opportunity to kind of mold it and shape it as we go along. In the last 10 years, certainly, there's been this huge rise in content marketing and social media marketing. And that's kind of now like we've reached sort of saturation point with content marketing and social media marketing. Like the face of that has changed quite dramatically just in the last kind of year or two. Um, So I think I think that's absolutely fascinating. When I first started my business back in 2008, it was not the business I have now. It was a a marketing agency. I was working with um, a couple of the companies who were kind of at the forefront in the UK of the content marketing revolution. Um, And back then, if you were in business and you had a Twitter account and a blog, you were streets ahead of everybody else. Like it, that was literally all it took. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of became more and more mainstream and everybody kind of got their hands on it and everybody was blogging and, and emailing and, and using all the social media channels. And it became this kind of, it was just a flood and it stopped being about whether something was actually good or useful. People were just like putting out blog posts because, well, you have to put out blog posts like every day or every week or whatever. Um 
And I guess like two, three years ago, we kind of reached a saturation point with all of that. Uh, And that's when we started to see a lot more rise in video and podcasting. Um, And I think one of the reasons that those kind of new media are so like they've just gone from leaps and grown in popularity by leaps and bounds. Um, And I think a part of that is because they offer a more personal connection with the person who's actually delivering the information. So podcasts, as you know, you're an you're an avid podcaster. You get the opportunity to kind of actually get inside someone's head Um, and videos. They get the opportunity to actually see you kind of as a human being talking and moving and and your expression and all the kind of nonverbal stuff that comes through when you talk. Um, And what that does is it accelerates this kind of sense of connection. And I think that the, the biggest change that has happened is that we've moving. We got excited about all these fancy tools. We got really, really excited as as a culture about the fact that we could do all this new fancy stuff. And I think we got so overexcited that we sort of forgot to human in amongst all of that. And now we're getting to the point where we're like, we're all really disconnected. We're all feeling like a bit icky about the whole thing. And we really, really want more human personal connection. So stuff like um, DIY online courses, for example, people are finding it harder and harder to fill those, even if they have a massive audience, even if they've been doing the same thing for, for years and it's just been working because people want personal attention. They want connection. They want to actually get to know the people who are who are serving them in whatever way that might be. And I think that trend is happening more and more. When I first started the business that I run now, which was only 18 months ago, um, I was one of the only people who was actually talking about relationship based marketing and connection based marketing. And I've seen more and more that people are picking up that baton and talking about it to the point now where it's become a bit of a like a, I see people parroting it without actually living it because it's the latest trendy thing to do, which I think is absolutely hilarious. Um, but yeah, it's it's we want to get back to that kind of analog sensibility while still using the digital tools that we have available. Yes. Yeah, I totally get it. And it's it's funny that you mentioned about people parroting things without like because it's the latest trend. Isn't that the funny thing when you reflect on the kind of way the internet has gone since 2008? Because you and I both started our different first or other businesses in that year. Um so many trends so many trends and it's so funny what you said about yeah if you just had a blog and a twitter you were good and you know people people started to game the system and you know people would have websites and they'd put like google ads on it and they'd like make loads of money because that was the trend and then google catches up with that and then it's like onto the next trend onto the next trend and i've seen so many of these like trends come and go and that is just the really interesting thing i think of being online in a sort of businessy way for all that time you you kind of start to see like this is just like some sort of bandwagon and it's not going to last and this is actually what what matters and that and kind of although you've mentioned like people mentioning the relationship stuff as a trend that underlies the whole thing so I think back to when I started blogging so I had like a personal blog in 2008 just before I started freelance writing and it was so like personal, but in a really basic, you know, 2008 blog type of way. <laughs> um, I know the type, so yeah. Personal. It was all about just like blogging for blogging's sake, really connecting with people. It was lovely. 
although I did it all anonymously. So I had my like internet people reading it, but not real life. Um, and it was just lovely. And then, yeah, when you start to add in all the like bots and it, cause it's all, there's all been some form of these bots and automation and all of this stuff. And it's just been changing throughout that time. And yeah, I, I just, I find it so interesting to reflect back on that. And I love the way, I don't know about you, but I feel like, I feel like this is like in implicit in what you've been saying, like the individuals behind the business are coming to the forefront again, but not in a way that, not in a really separate way from the audience, but it's like part of the community. And we're going to like dig into that a lot more, right? So yeah, let's dig into some of these things. So like, this is how we've seen the online business world changing and and how it's all coming back, to, like coming back to basics in a way, but in a in a different way as well. So at the moment, what are you seeing in terms of how people are feeling about online marketing and how people are feeling about when they're being marketed to or the whole influencer world? What are you seeing going on and what's your take on all of this? I think we've all got a hell of a lot more cynical. Like we are so savvy, even people who don't run businesses on the internet, we're all so savvy about what that marketing machine looks like and what it feels like to be kind of trapped in someone's marketing machine and to feel like a target or, you know, like you're being squished squished through a funnel or, you know, we all know what that feels like and we are hyper aware I think nearly all of us have been burnt at some point by you know we've fallen for some marketing hype and it hasn't turned out that well so I think I think there's a real challenge people are finding it more and more difficult to put people through these kind of tried and tested marketing machines you know Um, because what we actually want is to buy the stuff we need from people who actually give a shit about us you know, we want to be invested in somebody's journey. Like I choose the people that I hire based on how much I love them, <laughs> you know, because there's there's so many people, there's so many copywriters, there's so many photographers, there's so many branding people, you know, designers, and they're all great. Like the, the quality of the work is much less of a thing these days. Um, certainly what, what I've noticed in, in my circles, and it's much more about oh my God, if I work with this person, we're going to have a great time. Like I'm going to get the job that I paid for, but we're also, we're going to have a laugh and I'm going to have a friend for life. And I think that kind of quality, no like trust has always been a big deal in marketing, but I think that's kind of amplified to the nth degree. Now we really want to know you. We want to like you. We want to trust you. Yeah, absolutely. And what's working in terms of this no like trust that people are doing? How do, how cuz cuz people always take these principles like no like trust and then they, you know, bastardize them or like try and automate them and but sometimes they can do it fairly successfully, but you can always get that feeling, right? You know, when people are churning stuff out and treating people like a number versus they actually give a shit like you said. Yeah. But what's the difference there? I think the key difference is that it's actually realizing that the other people are human beings like they don't you're not the center of the universe for them you know everybody gets to be the star of their own movie um and it's about like the 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 business people who are really doing well kind of understand that it's all about the other person um and what that means is 
treating people how you would like to be treated you know if somebody reaches out to you to to say hello like don't automatically assume that they're reaching out to say hello because they want to become a client like don't go in with that sales thing straight off the bat when you reach out to people i mean this is something that that i teach in my love is greater than numbers program it's all about kind of just showing up and being a human being like you might be thinking about okay these sorts of people in this sort of area are the kind of people that i should probably be talking to and going there and then forgetting all of the strategy all of the kind of this is what i ought to be doing and just seeing who you get on with in a in a completely um uh open and friendly and you know non-agendered kind of way just showing up and and being the labrador and wagging a tail at people and not expecting everything to be a transaction you know just being okay with okay sometimes you just have a lovely conversation with somebody you don't think anything of it and then seven years later they come back and they say actually i've been thinking about what you do and you're the person i really want to hire and here's all my money yes yes absolutely but you can't have any attachment to any of that you know, you have to just go in and just be like, hi, I am a human being. You're a human being. I think you're cool. Let's have a chat. Yes, exactly. And that's why we're chatting now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was just going to go back to something you said about treating people the way you would want to be treated. And that's exactly my business philosophy. It's the golden rule, right? You know, the ethical principle, the golden rule, rule is do as you would be done by. And I feel like since I've started really consciously using that as like the golden rule of my business, it helps so much, so much, not in just in terms of connections, but also just making those decisions like, no, this thing, like using this sort of like, uh, you know, countdown timer or whatever, it's okay for them, but I don't want to do it in my business or, you know, anything like that. It's so, so useful to have something like that. And it just brings you back to what matters to you as well as the other person, you know? Because I don't think most of us would want to go in to business and think, I'm only going to talk to people who are going to be customers. You know, if we really thought about it, we don't want to. But that is how many of us act when we start putting ourselves out there, right? Exactly, exactly. And I love what you said there about doing what feels good to us as well, because that means when you're standing completely in your integrity and you're doing the stuff that you know is you know good and decent and will be is um is going to land in the way that you want it to you're going to have a much higher success rate of doing stuff like that rather than going okay well so and so said i need to have a mm -hmm. countdown timer mm -hmm. and i need to send 10 emails and they need to have you know one needs to be a, a testimonial thing and one needs to be a common objections thing and if that doesn't feel good don't do it like i i have made it a point to only do the stuff that feels like like the best fun ever in my business and that includes marketing so people are always surprised like I mess around on Instagram occasionally I'm mostly in DMs I send out my weekly Sunday letter which is one of my favorite things in the world to do um and I come on podcasts and I you know reach out to people and have virtual coffee conversations with them and that's the entirety of my marketing plan and it works like a dream because all of those things, are, they're all things that I'm really, really passionate about and I really, really love doing. And anytime I've kind of deviated from that and done, like, I don't show up well on video. It's not not, not my wheelhouse. Like, I don't like doing it. I, if I tried doing a webinar, like, that just, oh, death. 
So it wouldn't get the results that, you know, it gets for other people for whom that's their thing. Exactly, exactly. And I think that's why I'm also so passionate about doing things in integrity with yourself, because you just can't show up in the be- as the best version of yourself if you're not doing the thing that fits with yourself. But there is a difference, right, between just thinking, oh, I don't want to do webinars because they scare me versus I don't want to do web- webinars because I know that that's not the best way for me to show up in my business, right? Yes. I'm funny. I've just had a conversation about this. The number one skill you can cultivate as a business owner in life generally, but particularly as a business owner, is the ability to do things when you are absolutely shitting your pants terrified. If you can learn how to do that, there is no stopping you. You will be invincible. And then you can really, it does two things. One thing is that it doesn't hold you back. You don't let fear hold you back anymore. So you do things and you have a really accurate read on, okay, I'm scared. I did it. I didn't enjoy it, but that was because I was scared or I didn't enjoy it. I actually didn't show up as the best version of me in that. Like the, the format didn't work for me. And that gives you better data. Um, and the second part of it is that every single time you show up shitting your pants terrified, you get a little bit less shitting your pants terrified and you're Absolutely. able to do more and bigger, scarier things. But yeah, that is, that is, I don't really have much time for people who, who let fear hold them back because everybody, we're all petrified all the time. Yeah, I know I am. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. Absolutely terrified. But I just go and do stuff anyway. Exactly. Like fear is not the driving force yeah. behind the decisions I make. And I feel like for me, it used to be. But yeah, if, like starting this podcast was one of the times I've been most afraid in my business. But it's also one of the best things I have ever done for my business. So that's just yeah. like the perfect example of that. Absolutely. And you're such a natural at it as well. Like you love it so much and, and you're so good at it. And you never would have found that no, out no. if you hadn't just bit the bullet and, and done it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So... I'm just going to take it back a bit to what we're talking about is like being a human, approaching another human saying, I think you're cool. Let's chat. Because what I see in my clients and, you know, people ask me questions about like, oh, how do I find my people on Instagram? Or like, how do I grow this following? And, you know, I'm putting stuff out there, but I'm not really seeing anything back. And I'm always just saying to them, like, are you really talking to people? Because I just feel like that's a lot of people think that you can just show up, put the content out there. And the people will come. And actually, there's a lot of people saying that about marketing. Show up and the people will come. It's true to an extent, but it's not in that way, I don't think. No, no. I always always tell people, like, you build an audience one person at a time. Yes, yeah. Like, that's it. And you, at the beginning, you have to go and find those individual people. And then they will, they'll, you know, you'll build a relationship with them. They'll start paying attention to your stuff. If it resonates with them, if they, if they like it, then they'll start sharing it. And they might bring one additional person in. But it's it's concentrating on the individual. They are an actual real life human being. You know, they struggle to get up in the morning sometimes. They've got credit card bills they're worrying about. You know, they love cheesy pasta. They're, they're, they're three dimensional. You know, they're not just numbers and avatars on a screen. And the the more you can go out of your way, it's not something that it's it's a slow process. You know, you can't be be going onto Instagram and expect to have ten thousand followers by next week, no matter how spectacular your content mm-hmm, is. Mm-hmm. And you shouldn't try, you know. But if you can get ten followers by next week, and they all know who you are, and you know you've paid attention and um, 
paid attention to what I call your kindred spirit radar, which is when you kind of get that ping of, oh, you look like one of my people. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. I think I think we'll get on really well. Um, And you pay attention to that and you start reaching out to people and and being awkward and making the first move. Um, You build this community, which might be small to start with, but it will be so powerful and so engaged and those people will actually know who you are they'll give a crap they'll know that you care about them and that means that you're much more likely to actually make sales and get opportunities and stuff because people know that you're not in it just to churn people through the machine yeah absolutely and I like the way you talked about the kindred spirit radar because the traditional kind of thing is to think about your ideal customer avatar right and then to and I'm not saying we don't think about this but the way people approach it is I think that is where they struggle is when they go on social media and they're like got to find these people who fit my ideal customer avatar and I've got to comment on their stuff and I've got to send them (laughs) messages if we just think of it as does this person look like the kind of person I get on with isn't that so much easier and more fun yeah, exactly. And I don't know about you, but I certainly don't want to work with anybody who I couldn't go and have a drink with, you know, or go and have a cup of coffee with. Um, for the for the sort of work that I do, I just want to be able to to connect with that person, whether or not they're giving me any money. Like that's that's irrelevant. If they want the value that I provide, then I want the value that they provide, you know. Um, but I just want to hang out with amazing people. So I go and I find the people who are, I think are amazing. And then I talk to them and some of them talk back and some of them don't. And it doesn't really matter because, you know, it's, it's the right people, the right people come into your orbit and stay there. Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of people like maybe who are struggling to find those right people or have been trying to do it the old school way and it's just not working or it's not feeling good, what would your advice be to them to get started and like start these conversations and not be afraid of doing it as well? I think one of the first exercises that you should do is to look at the people who are you're already connected to. So go through your your email inbox or your social media following or your um you know wherever you keep your people your address book. <clears throat> Excuse me. And pay attention to how you feel in your body when you read those names. So you need to, you know, get quiet, I don't know, maybe do some meditation or something beforehand so you're you're kind of in that steady space. And pay attention to reading a name and feeling how you feel. And it's quite remarkable because some people are just like, oh, yay. And some people are like, oh, God, you know. <laughs> and what you want to do is you want to find more of the people that when you see a message from them come in, you're like, oh, yay. I really want to hear what they have to say. So once you kind of get the hang of what that actually feels like in your body, then you can use those people as a starting point. You can go and find them on on social media and see who they're following. See who follows them. See if there's anybody kind of in that mix where you're like, oh, okay, they look interesting. Because if somebody makes you have that, that kindred spirit ping, that oh, yay feeling, then it's highly likely that they're going to be connected to other people that will also potentially give you that feeling. Yes, yes, absolutely. So you can go through and you're not looking for that feeling straight away because you don't know these people. You don't know who they are, but you're looking for people who might. And sometimes it's just a way they show up. Sometimes it's a word they use in their in their profile or on their website. Sometimes it's it's a philosophy that they've shared about something. But there's just something that makes you think, oh, this might be worth pursuing. 
And that's when I would reach out to to them and say, hi, you know, I really like what you're doing with X. I'm also, I don't know, obsessed with cats. <laughs> like, I love the way you show up um, and see what happens. And the, the key is to just be open to doing that as part of of your life. You know, it's like it's like breathing. Every time you're on social media, you just like, oh, you look interesting. I'll send you a message. Um, and making it kind of into the fabric of what you do rather than making it into a really big deal. And also to 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 take like being connected to people seriously, but to hold each single interaction really, really lightly. Mm-hmm. Like you can't go in and kind of hang all of your hopes on one person and then be like, oh, my God, they haven't got back to me. They must think I'm a total twat. Like, oh, my God, what did I say? I'm being like completely obsessed with it, which is why I suggest like just send out hellos like like you're scattering confetti or something, you know. You're just planting a ton of seeds and seeing what happens. Yeah, I love that. And going back to what you said about like starting with the the people you already sort of have in your mm. orbit, like I really like that because I'm th- I'm reflecting on my own journey with building up. I mean, main it's mainly based on my Instagram account over the last eighteen months and building up some sort of presence for what would become my my current business mentoring. Yeah. And what I started with was just. A very very small community I just decided I wanted to start showing up I didn't actually know at that point what the new business was going to be and I just started with for example communities I was already in on Facebook and things mm. like that and just following those people on Instagram and I really just and it probably helped you know that I didn't actually have anything to sell when I started doing mm, this because I absolutely. didn't have any agenda it was just like I was kind of experimenting and I just did what you said I kind of dm'd random people I got over that sort of fear of DMing random people, which I know is a fear that a lot of people have. So I want to like acknowledge that. But the thing about Instagram, it's not just Instagram, social media, it's quite actually normal just to DM random yeah. people, you know? And I know that people worry that it's it's weird or like random when you don't <laughs> know each other. But actually, I think it's very normal. It's part of the kind of culture of social media. So it's a fantastic opportunity. And yeah, because of doing that, it grew everything else, I would say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would say to if anybody's feeling a bit freaked out about the whole DMing random people, it's that you look at it this way. One of the things I love to do is reply to stories. Because when people put out a story, I kind of think of that as that's them saying hello. Like that's them making the first move. So all you have to do then is respond. So it makes it completely kind of no pressure. And you can respond with like a couple of words. Like it doesn't, you can jump in kind of like you're in the middle of a conversation and build it from there. You can be really, really casual and really random about it. The number of conversations I've started talking about my inflatable bathtub, <laughs> like it's, it, it, you don't have to go in and be like, oh, this is a person I need to talk to them yes, and build yeah. this relationship. You can yeah. just be like, oh my God, I've got one of those. That's cool. Yeah. And then go from there. <laughs> I love that about stories I love how easy it is just to send a little comment and or to you know people ask for recommendations on stories they're literally inviting you to reply to them yeah exactly Um, and just I think that that for me was part of how I found it so kind of easy to build my community on Instagram of the kind of people who understood me is because I replied to people's stories and I also showed up on stories and I just like chatted with random people and it was just it was actually a really lovely way to build up that community without like worrying. It was just like having fun. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people, I don't know about you, but your Instagram account, you know, you you haven't had it that long, have you? No, I think I started maybe around the same time as you. Yeah, so it's like, if people think that this is like, it's really impossible to build an engaged community on social media unless you've been doing it for years. It's just not true. Like we don't we don't have massive followers, but we definitely have engaged communities. Like absolutely for sure. I know that. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a, a, a website you can go to where you can kind of see what your engagement is and compare it to, to other accounts. And I think that average is like, I don't know, 3% or something. And I did mine and it was like 16% or something. So... And that's because I I pretty much know every single person who follows me on Instagram. It's like just under a thousand. And I could probably like, oh, yeah, that's so and so she does something. Even if I don't have like a deeply committed relationship with them, I still kind of, oh, yeah, I know. I kind of know who that is. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah, that's really lovely. So I guess in terms of, yeah, bringing that kind of more human to human way of doing things how do we then translate this is we've kind of been talking about the kind of introductions building up your community a bit how does this apply to the way we sell things and the way people have been selling things and the way you foresee the way that selling things is going oh I think that's such a wonderful question I think people have so many misconceptions about what selling actually is um they think that it's you know you have to manipulate somebody into doing something or you have to be pushy or you have to be you know following up with people all the time being a nuisance and that it's you know people think of used car salesmen it's icky and blah and it's just bollocks it's just such bollocks basically when I get on a uh there's kind of a lot of pieces to this so Good sales come from like right at the very beginning, having an offering that people actually want and need. And you get that by doing market research and finding out what people actually want and need. And then you need to be presenting it in the right way and positioning it in the right way. But when it comes up to actually doing like sales calls, if somebody has gone through all of that, they've come to your website, they like your offer, they're ready to go and they they sign up for a, for a discovery call or an exploratory call or something then your job basically is to just give them the information they need to make an informed decision. Like, I don't want any clients who feels manipulated or pushed into into buying what I'm offering. You know, I know I have a fantastic product. It has incredible results for the clients that do it, the clients that I work with. Um, And it's my job to show them, like, how you could get these results in your business if we do that. But it's just information like here's the information here's you know what it could do for you here's what it could look like for you this is how much it costs do you do you want it do you not (laughs) and I feel like when you've done that work of showing up as a human connecting with humans you know before you're giving them that information you know you're only giving it to the people who really are interested in hearing that exactly exactly and I think a lot of it comes from understanding that the the client service provider relationship is an equal one like it's not like you're like please buy from me please buy from me please buy from me you know it's not like you're trying to you know please think I'm awesome please think I'm good that is completely the wrong attitude when I when I go into a, a sales conversation I'm vetting them as much as they are vetting me like I have to spend three months with this person are they going to be a complete pain in the ass? 
You know, are they going to be emailing me at three o'clock in the morning, like five nights a week for the whole three months? Are they going to, you know, not understand what's going on? Are they actually going to get the results that they want to get based on where they are in their business, what their attitude is, what their offerings are? Like there's a whole load of stuff that I would be doing them a disservice if I wasn't paying attention to. So it's as much about me making sure that what I offer is a good fit for them as it is them making sure that what I offer is a good fit for them. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk a bit about about the traditional sort of online products, because I know that you've got some things to say about this and how you feel like things are changing with digital products, like, for example, online courses, um, how they've been selling for people and how people have been marketing those things, like with free challenges, webinars. What are your thoughts I know you've got oh, them. I have many, many <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there there was this kind of golden period um, on the internet for a lot of people where they could make a uh, a downloadable course, like a six week course or something, um, which was essentially passive income, didn't require any hands on help from them whatsoever. They could set it up behind a funnel. Um, and just kind of press go and just watch the money roll in, um, you know, and there would be like a free challenge and a webinar and maybe a little video series. And there would be all these steps. And you saw people everywhere, like following exactly the same formula and getting amazing results. And then all of a sudden, fairly recently, I'd say in the last kind of, you know, year or two, that's not working as well as it used to. And people are having to work harder and harder and have longer and longer launch sequences because people are, I don't know anybody who doesn't have a whole hard drive full of stuff they've bought and downloaded and never looked at again. You know, people aren't getting the results that they should get from the information that's there. Because, you know, if you're, if you don't have accountability with something, unless you're super duper dedicated, you just won't do it. You'll forget about it. You know, life gets busy. Your kids get sick, whatever. Um, and we were all happy with that to start with. Cause like, Oh no, I'll get to it one day. I'll get to it one day. I'll get to it one day. And then you realize like, Oh my God, I'm drowning in these bloody things. And I've spent a fortune and I'm no further forward. I'm not buying anything else unless I've actually got someone to help walk me through it. So that format of the, the DIY course is just kind of floundering at the moment. And what people are actually hungry for is, can you just like hold my hand through this or at least say, like, this is how this relates to this specific situation in my business. Like, okay, you've said I should do X. Well, I have this particular condition. Can I still do X or should I do X plus Y? And they want that kind of stuff. And that's actually what gets people results is knowing the specifics. Um, and, you know, people who do one-to-one -one services are, are, you know, quids in at the moment because people are going like I don't want to do a course on how to build a website I actually want you to build my website for me because I've tried to build my own website six times now and I'm done <laughs> so we're getting to this point where people are moving more and more away from from that kind of DIY culture um because we're, we're all knackered we're all knackered and overwhelmed exactly, exactly. <laughs> overwhelmed is the word when it comes to yeah. online business it is overwhelming and I it's funny as you were talking about that because I was thinking about myself and, you know, having been in business for a long time, I've amassed quite a lot of digital products. <laughs> and yep. I'm thinking about how I've changed over recent years in when I when I decide to do a course, mostly I do 
these days, it's usually an expensive one and it usually comes with a lot of interaction. And I've really noticed that change in me. And it, and it, yes, I've probably changed the way I do things as well, but I, I can see why that is a general change that you're pointing out because yeah, those DIY courses, you know, it's not to say that they're not good, but I know as a business owner and the busier I get in my business and, you know, I just, I want to go in and get the most one-to-one coaching is really, really useful. Sometimes a course with that really, really high touch, you know, support is also like the fastest route to me actually getting the stuff done and, you know, just implementing it, getting my money's worth out of it and more. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the the, the average course completion rate for DIY courses is about 15%. Wow. Like there are some people who have crazy high. I know um, Becca Tracy of Uncage Your Business, her uh, finish rate is like 85%, but she is super, super mm-hmm. high touch mm-hmm. with all of her people. Yeah. So it makes sense. Yeah. But, uh, and I think the other thing is that before people even get to the point where they're ready to buy the DIY course, they're sick of all the emails telling them that they should. You know, they might have watched a webinar and then they get like bombarded by emails. And I don't I don't know about you, but my inbox is like bursting at the seams with people trying to sell me stuff all the time. And, you know, half of it, I just end up deleting. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't care. So if you can't even get people to see your marketing, to tell them about the course that they probably won't finish anyway, like, <sighs> yeah, it's a mess. <laughs> yeah. I actually feel like this is where this kind of human to human interaction really comes into its own because when you're interacting with people like that and you're really being yourself, like you said, right at the beginning of this interview, you hire people who you really like and who you really want to work with. You want to spend that time with. And that really, that's not so relevant when it's just like some DIY course, but it's really relevant when it's one-to-one or when it's like really high touch group program. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think a lot of us are much more conscious about who we're giving our money to now as well. I think a lot, um, the the I don't really know how to describe it, but we're we're a lot more conscious and aware of how uh, businesses are spending their money, what they stand for, what their values are. Um, so we are voting much much more with with our money uh, and supporting, you know, women owned co- companies, you know, people of color owned companies. Um, I know a lot of people in my particular circles are trying to do, you know, they'll bend over backwards to not give money to an old white guy. <laughs> so I think that plays into it as well. Like we are, we're much more conscious and socially aware when we're buying stuff as well. Yes, that is so, so true. And I am such a huge like advocate of putting your values out there and like letting people jet and turning some people off with them because that's yeah, going to happen absolutely. too. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so obviously it's not all like doom and gloom for online courses, right? What can we do to like take advantage of this like shift in the way people are doing things? I mean, how do we bring more of that high touch to what we're selling and the programs we have? We have such an opportunity to be innovative and creative and go completely away from everything we've been taught by online marketers that we should be doing. Um, a lot of it is really, really simple. It comes down to just talking to people and explaining. If you have a group a course or a group program or a membership or a mastermind or something that involves volumes of people, go out and find those people individually and talk to them individually and invite them to join in 
individually, you know, find out specifically what it is they want and speak to that. Say, oh, my God, I've made this thing which is going to solve your problem. Do you want to come and have a look? You know, whilst you've built a relationship with them where they know that you're not just there in their inbox because you want to sell them this thing, that you've actually got to know each other as human beings, not as a business and possible clients. And I think that is that is it's so simple. And it's so simple that most people probably be like, oh, no, there's got to be more to it than that. Yeah, that's the thing. We want to <laughs> overcomplicate it because I just um, launched like a group mentoring thing, very small group of people. And the idea is that it's really, really high touch. It's like me there whenever you have questions and and group calls as well. And I launched it in such a simple way. I got people to in like individually message me. I sent them a PDF with the info only if I knew that they were the right fit. I got, I was... It was a it was a lovely way of launching something because I had to talk to every single person who was interested. Eventually, I did put an opt-in form up and they could get the PDF automatically. But most of the people I spoke to, I, they sent me a personal message, and some often we like chatted back and forth. Sometimes we didn't. That was okay. Um, it was just such a lovely way to launch something, and it was it was so simple. I did not feel any stress, and I you know launching anything typically the story is it's very stressful and I was very I mean I was stressed in some ways just because it's always slightly anxiety inducing launching yeah. anything new and doing it it's differently <laughs> but in terms of like the workload and you know I wasn't stressing and I got to do these sales pages I got to do all these email sequences it was very like much in the flow and I kept like tuning in with what felt good to me and it was lovely it really I was I love that I love that and it's in terms of the kind of actual course content it's it's about providing people with opportunities to actually get personal attention. Like, so if you offer, you know, a Q&A session or if you've got something that's evergreen, then saying, you know, why don't you have a one to one session with me as well at some point during the process so we can actually talk about how this fits in with you. So you're giving them the information, but you're also making it relevant to their specific individual circumstances and you'll get much better results which means you'll get much better testimonials which means you'll probably sell more <laughs> yeah yeah and the great thing about this kind of program is you can charge more for it and yes. you don't need to get the sheer number of people which again makes it easier to think of the humans rather than the numbers yeah absolutely absolutely even if you're doing a group thing like the smaller the group is the more intimate it's going to be and the more the people within the group are going to be able to de develop relationships with each other as well. Yeah, yeah. And that's actually, actually, that is a powerful selling point in itself because going back to what we were talking about right at the start, you know, the the people who you are currently connected with now are like the backbone of everything else, right? And exactly, I, exactly. I have found some of my most powerful relationships online. And I'm not just talking about people who have become my clients. I'm talking about my sort of, just general circle of people who I value them all. Some of them I have found through being in the same um, like group program with, for example, you know, these connections can be so valuable in and of themselves, let alone what you're actually getting out of the whatever thing you've signed up to. I got married um, a few months ago and most of the people on my guest list were people that I'd never actually met in person but we were we were just we'd been friends online for years and years and years and just kind of never made it in the same place at the same time. And they came over. So my wedding was just like full of these most incredible people 
but I was meeting them for the very first time in real life and it was it was phenomenal. That is lovely and that brings me to sort of one other thing I wanted to talk about which is when you are like a quiet introverted maybe shy person basically like me (laughs) so something I resisted for a very long time was meeting my online people in real life right and it's something that I really embraced over the last you know year 18 months and it has just been it's just been amazing like it has been so incredible and I now realize I've now finally got it how online friends are real friends you know there's no like real life online it's like all real and but I did want to come back to this because I know that not everyone listening will be in this place like what would be your words of advice to people who are who are scared you know and and we understand why it's scary right yeah just do it just try it pick your favorite closest online friend and suggest you meet up close by but for a coffee and see as soon as you do it you'll realize it's it's like meeting a stranger that you've known your entire life it's the strangest feeling and it's not in the least bit awkward because you've been chatting to them you know you know who they are yeah yeah and the best thing for me as an introvert is you don't need to do all the small talk I just oh, love God, no. that you can just go in deep yeah start love the conversation it. that you were having you know last week in your dms you know you just pick it up and keep going yeah yeah I love it. I love it. And obviously talking about all the kind of changes in online business and being more relationship focused. I mean, I know that you're a huge believer in the opportunities that this presents for us quiet and introverted people. Oh, yes. I just feel like on, on the flip side of it, it's not just about our customers and the stuff that they get out of it. But personally, I've actually so enjoyed working with people in a closer way. And I know I've done, um, I've got a couple of courses and one of which is really more, you know, people just buy it and they do it. And I know that personally, I just don't get as much satisfaction from Mm -hmm. selling things in that way. So I just, and this is what I wanted to say. When I first started this business, I didn't think I would be sitting here saying that because I always thought of myself as, you know, an introverted, shy kind of people avoider. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important for us to talk about this introvert side because you don't know until you do it. And especially if you're talking to the wrong people, then you're not going to get that amazing feeling. It's when you're talking to the right people that it just feels right and you realize, okay, I can be introverted. I can love spending time on my own. I can be shy and awkward sometimes and... I can really love working with people in this way as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I am so introverted that my husband and I don't even live together. Like, We're just much happier when we've got our own space that we can retreat to and have that That's solitude. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so I completely understand the introverted thing. I'm also autistic. And until the age of about 24... I had the most epic social anxiety. I couldn't speak to anybody. I was painfully shy. I couldn't even look people in the eye. Um, I was the same. I couldn't look people in the eye. Yeah, it was it was awful. And I, I realised many years later that a lot of that was just because I wasn't around people who got yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And That's when exactly. the internet appeared and I found all these people suddenly who were like me, And they thought about things the way that I thought about them. And they were interesting and exciting. 
and all of that kind of fear and anxiety and and uh holding back i suppose just kind of oh it's 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 kindred spirit radar it's very difficult to put your finger on and everybody's is different but you know when you found one of your people it's just magic yeah it is magic and we don't have time to dig into it but i'm just going to put it out <laughs> that there are ways to make this manageable for introverts there are ways to have boundaries there are ways to have that time to yourself that you need there are even ways to like scale this but still maintain some level of human to human contact you know I mean scaling in terms of pricing but also just you mentioned some different ways of like you can still do the kind of DIY but have some live Q&As you know there are people doing that really successfully but it's still very clear that they're there for you and I think that's really important so I just wanted to mention it but we don't have time to dig into it because I wanted to say (laughs) when we were going over like the talking points for this episode you I asked you to see like see if you had a question that you wanted to raise in the in the conversation and what you said was have you thought about how not wanting to do the things you're told you should do in your business and marketing is actually a huge opportunity to innovate and change the entire culture of online business and I really love that you asked that question so so going against the norm I mean it's we've talked about it all like haven't we like feeling what feels good treating people where you want to be treated not doing things the same old same old way it really is an opportunity to innovate and change the culture of online business for the better and to bring these values that we all hold to the forefront as well and I just think I just we don't have time to dig into it but I just (laughs) wanted to mention it and I think that that's a good question for anyone listening to think about because it's not always easy really when you are seeing things done everywhere else and you decide not to do them it's not always an easy choice because you have to trust yourself but yeah it's a chance to change things. I have a little piece of advice for anybody who's interested in doing that. Go and read a business book that was written in the 90s or somewhere before the internet was invented Mm. and learn about what a business actually is and what marketing actually is and what it's for. And then come back to the internet with this vast array of glorious, shiny, exciting tools that we have at our disposal and see how you can fit those tools into that basic framework Mm. I think the mistake most people make is they try and do it the wrong way around yeah yeah and they're all webinars before they understand cash flow yes (laughs) yeah do you have any book recommendation um there is one called the small business workbook which is the one that I read before I set up my very first business back in 2004 which was uh, a guest house and it's brilliant it's just very basic bare bones Some of it's a bit out of date, but it just gives you kind of, this is what you need to do. This is what a business is. Mm, mm. Yeah, that's great I'll see if I can find a link and and send it over to you. Cool, thank you. Okay, so I'm just going to ask you one random question from my question deck, and it's a big one. It is, if you could solve one problem in the world, what would it be? That people don't talk to each other. (laughs) That they don't make an effort to understand people who are different from them. Mm, mm I think if we all just tried to understand someone who thought differently from us yeah. rather than trying to be right all the time or convincing other people of our opinions, everything would just be much nicer. Oh, God. Yeah, so true. So true. Thank you. If you want to find out more about Ellie and what she does, just go to her website at elitriacommunities.com or find her on Instagram at elitriacommunities. 
Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Creatively Human. If you have a moment, I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review the podcast. It really does make a difference. And if you'd like to carry on the conversation or ask a question for a future Q&A episode, there are three ways to connect with me. On the Facebook group, on Instagram, at Ruth Poundwhite, or my personal favourite, my behind-the-scenes newsletter. Just go to ruthpoundwhite.com forward slash newsletter to subscribe. And keep doing what you're doing, because your work really does matter.